2020. This is Paul Gerstein. I haven't uh, created a talk for the past two to three weeks. I think uh, just either getting lazy or being distracted. And uh, during that time, so much has happened uh, in the news. It's almost like many months have passed. Uh, not only are we in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic, but now we have uh, an incredible level of racial stress in the country with uh, the killings of two black men. One actually occurred in February of this year, but the video was released just uh, two or three weeks ago. Ahmad Arbery, uh, who was killed by uh, a white man who uh, felt he shouldn't be jogging through the suburban neighborhood that uh, Mr. Arbery was in, and uh, killed, uh, and that killing was filmed by another uh, co-conspirator, perhaps, in a car right behind the shooter. And then, uh, several days ago, maybe uh, six days ago now, there was a horrible uh, episode of police brutality in, of all places, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, with another black man, George Floyd, who was uh, tackled uh, by four policemen, put in handcuffs, uh, held on the ground with one of the policemen's knee on the uh, person's neck while he was in a prone position. And this went on for almost eight minutes, during which time the video shows uh, the victim saying he couldn't breathe and then eventually going unconscious and then he was dead. And uh, now there is a homicide charge against uh, one of the policemen. But since this event and the widespread uh, distribution of the cell phone videos, uh, there have been riots in almost every big city in the United States and in every state. And uh, these protests and riots and uh, tear gassings uh, looting, burnings, uh, it feels almost like we're back in the 1960s, uh, perhaps even worse, because underlying all of this is an economic depression, with 30 to 40 percent of Americans now out of jobs because of the closing of the economy uh, due to the pandemic. So for many Americans, these are just awful, awful times. Donald Trump has almost completely shrunk away from uh, these events, not offering any uh, sympathetic words, not trying to calm the situations, uh, if anything, inflaming them by making statements on Twitter, like uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and other uh, quasi-racist uh, implications that he has made. Uh, and... Uh, also doing horrible things, uh, clearing a park yesterday with tear gas. There was a peaceful demonstration in Lafayette Park, which is across the street from the White House. This park was cleared by federal uh, troops or officers. And then the president uh, was filmed strolling across the park uh, going to a church that's on the park, a famous uh, church that many presidents have been to, 
And、uh, standing on the steps without、uh, making any comments, without making a prayer, without、uh, being with the minister of the church there,、uh, without consoling, nothing—just simply standing there as a photo op, holding a Bible over his head like Moses with the Ten Commandments at the base of Mount Sinai. Now, given all of this、uh, happening simultaneously. It's not surprising that a week ago there was an article in the Washington Post. This was actually dated May twenty-sixth.、Uh, the、uh, headline is: "A third of Americans now show signs of clinical anxiety or depression." Census Bureau finds amid coronavirus pandemic, and this was before、uh, much of the uh, uh, racial uh, news uh, was released or happened. So、uh, now it's certainly even worse. Now, in this article, it states that、uh, one million households were contacted between May seventh and twelfth of this year, and more than forty-two thousand people responded to the survey. And when they were asked questions normally used to screen patients for mental health problems, twenty-four percent of this. Forty-two thousand showed clinically significant symptoms of major depressive disorder, and thirty percent showed symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder. And the article、uh, goes on to state that these findings suggest a huge jump from before the pandemic. Now, it being an election year, and with、uh, approximately thirty to forty percent of Americans out of work. I think that things are only going to get worse、uh, over the next few months. I think、uh, political rhetoric will increase, particularly from the right, and particularly from Donald Trump and his supporters. And I think there will be some、uh, more violent reactions and、uh, terrible mistrust and division between Americans. And this is just a very, very toxic mix. Uh, now this podcast is called Pandemic Zen, so we have just presented the pandemic side of things.、Uh, now, what is the Zen side of things? How is it that Zen? Remember, Zen means literally absorption, or you could say mindfulness, intent mindfulness. What does this have to offer, particularly to those of us, many Americans now, who are breaking down? Uh, feeling anxious, feeling、uh, very unsettled, sleeping poorly, having nightmares, having depressed thoughts. What is it that mindfulness can offer? What can it do to help?、Uh, remember now what my definition of mindfulness is. It's an intent observation of sensation, while also noticing. That the sensation appears. The very act of noticing the appearance of any sensation is at the same time a detaching from the particularities of the sensation. And detaching meaning the letting go of opposition, reaction,、uh, fighting, clinging,、uh, or pushing away. Of any sensation or circumstance, which is really just a set of sensations.
because we are observing its sheer fact. We're not closing our eyes, so to speak, to the sensation. We're not ignoring the sensation. We're using the sensation to expose something underlying the sensation, which is its fact, its appearance, that it presents. So this uh, action of noticing is a kind of stepping back without withdrawing. It's a stepping back to see a bigger picture, uh, not getting sucked in, so to speak, or enthralled with the circumstance, but seeing that, like any other set of sensations, the underlying sameness is that it appears. Now, what does Zen literature have to say about this? Uh, well, there's a, a book, it's a very old book in Zen, uh, called the Rinzai Roku, and it is the story about and the teachings of a very famous Zen master, Zen master Rinzai. And uh, this is a quote of uh, Master Rinzai talking about what is called the Dharmakaya, which means the world of truth. You might say the body of truth. And this is what uh, Master Rinzai said, the, pu the pure light in each instant of thought is the Dharmakaya Buddha within your own house. I'll read that again. The pure light in each instant of thought is the Dharmakaya Buddha within your own house. So you might say that noticing the appearance of something is seeing this, and we'll put it in quotes, light that it is, that it shines its appearance. And in each instant of thought, we've talked about these thought instances, these thought moments. Uh, we went into this more deeply in my last talk. And uh, the Dharmakaya Buddha is essentially the truth with a capital T. Uh, and the entire realm of uh, emptiness of uh, awakening, whatever you want to call it, within your own house. So the sentence finishes the Dharmakaya Buddha within your own house. This is how intimate this awareness is. So once again, the pure light in each instant of thought. And remember now, thought could be sensation, it could be anything anything that appears, the pure light in each instant of thought is the Dharmakaya Buddha within your own house. So mindfulness is the simple noticing of this pure light while remaining fully engaged and in contact with your life. Now the obvious question would be, uh, well, what is this pure light? If I'm engaged in my activities, how can I also notice a light? Is it something shining from the activity? In a sense, yes, but also it is its fact. It's the fact of the world that it appears in you. 
that appearance, that fact, is not dependent on any particular form, any particular color, sound, smell, taste, touch. But each one of these shines it totally. So just to clarify this a little further, uh, there's a koan, and I'm reading this now from the uh, wonderful book, The Zen Koan, by Ishu Miura and Ruth Fuller Sasaki. It's a very old book, still in print. And uh, in this book is uh, a koan, and it goes like this. It's very uh, short and very deceptively simple. A monk asked Kasan Osho, it's a teacher, what is the Dharmakaya? The Dharmakaya is without form, Kasan replied. So how can we better understand this? Uh, let's actually do this. So you feel your hand right now, let's say on your chair. If you were driving and the uh, image I like to use is your hands on the steering wheel, but you feel the sensation of touch. Now, the sensation has particularities. Something could be hard or soft, rough or smooth, cool or warm. It, but uh, you're noticing the sensation of touch. In other words, the appearance of it is there regardless of whether the object you're touching feels warm, feels cold, feels rough, feels smooth, feels hard or soft. So any of those things can change, but the fact of it shines from each of these changes. So this is what I believe Kasan means when he said the Dharmakaya is without form. He's pointing at this side of reality. Now it all seems uh, rather obvious and perhaps even trivial, but if we do not develop the facility and appreciation of observing that something appears totally independent of any particularities that are appearing in that thought moment, then we can't step back. We can't see something bigger something larger, something all-encompassing. We get drawn into the particularities and uh, caught up in them, trapped in them, tangled in them. Now, we can get tangled in a pandemic. We can get tangled in a, a race uh, riot. We can get tangled in an economic depression. And being tangled doesn't really help because when you're tangled, your rational mind does not work as well. Your emotions can steer you wrong. You can react with anger, with violence, with panic, with despair. And these are not helpful emotions. They don't help solve your situation. They don't help to show you that you are not separate, that there is a continuum, that we're all in it together, 
So these emotions often make you feel isolated, alone, separate, in opposition to others and to your circumstances. So rather than trying to philosophize your way into a happier state, it's a very quick noticing that even something you dislike, something you hate, something that's painful, simply shines its fact, appears. When we do this with neutral or pleasant things, what we're doing is strengthening our ability to immediately, in the midst of a sensation, notice this side of the world, this side of reality. We do it when things aren't terrible, so that when things are terrible, we know how to notice this. So once again, I'll read that koan. A monk asked Kasan Osho, what is the Dharmakaya? The Dharmakaya is without form, Kasan replied. Now, there's another koan right below this one. A monk once said to Dario Osho, the physical body decomposes. What is the indestructible Dharmakaya? And Dario answered with this verse. Blooming mountain flowers are like golden brocade. Brimming mountain waters are blue as indigo. So once again, when asked, what is the indestructible Dharmakaya? So this monk is asking, the physical body decomposes. We're in the midst of a terrible pandemic. I've lost my job. And now they're killing black men again, and cities are erupting in violence. What in the midst of all of this is the indestructible Dharmakaya? So Dario answers with this verse, Blooming mountain flowers are like golden brocade. Brimming mountain waters are blue as indigo. What is he pointing at? He's pointing at the very sensations themselves. He's pointing at, obviously here, something beautiful and pleasant, so that the monk can grasp that this uh, truth he's looking for, this indestructible dharmakaya, this aspect of reality that doesn't change, that is unborn, so to speak, that one does not need to create, that one doesn't need to attain, that is intrinsic, that is pre-existing, that is always there, that you're never separate from, is not different from, not apart from, not remote from the world of sensation. So the trick here is to go from blooming mountain flowers to uh, high fever and shaking chills. So can we do that? And we see that no matter what the form is, no matter what the set of sensations, the circumstance, that any sensation, any circumstance appears. That is the indestructible Dharmakaya side of any circumstance. Now there's a third koan here on the same page in the Zen koan. And uh, this is a koan that goes like this. When Uman was asked, and Uman was a very wonderful, famous Zen master from the Tang dynasty, 
So when Uman was asked, What is the pure Dharmakaya? He replied, The flowering hedge surrounding the privy. So he's pointing to something very simple, something one might say concrete. But this flowering hedge is shining its momentary appearance. Where else would you find the Dharmakaya? Now, mindfulness practice, uh, and by this I mean meditation, zazen, or walking in a very mindful way, is the method of exposing this unchanging, mysterious, profound shining of reality. It's the way we learn to do that. So we kind of narrow our world a little bit rather than being overwhelmed by all the things going on and the news playing in the background or Facebook or whatever it is that could distract us and trap our thinking. We get very simple. We just feel our footsteps on a trail or we feel our thumbs touching when we're in the Zazen posture or we uh, simply attend to the sensation of breathing. And we use those sensations as the source of the light of the Dharmakaya. So it's as if they are the flashlight and the Dharmakaya is the light. No flashlight, no light. No light, no flashlight. So it's like that. When we practice this and we do it in a simplified form, with neutral or pleasant things. Sometimes we meditate with incense. We try to make the room comfortable. We take a posture that isn't unbearably painful. We try to make things very comfortable and simple, but yet remain attentive and alert. So we have a posture that's erect and taut, finely tuned. And we let our breathing quiet down. And then we push this to a high degree. Sometimes I say to the nth degree. So as we learn how to do this process of mindfulness, we gradually dial up the intensity so that we really make it clear and strong. It takes time to do this. And thoughts certainly can distract us, but we observe the thoughts as sensations once again. We notice a thought. We don't fight the thought. We don't analyze the thought. We notice the thought by feeling what it feels like. What is the sensation of thinking? So we drop any particularities of, of the thought and we observe its sensation. And then we notice that as any sensation, the sensation of this thought appears. That's the Dharmakaya Buddha in your own house. Now, there are many names for this Dharmakaya Buddha in your own house. It's been referred to as Buddha Nature, Truth with a capital T, the Source with a capital S, Emptiness, Nothingness, your original face before your parents were born. That's another koan where the monk Myo is chasing after the sixth patriarch, trying to 
get the robe and bowl that he felt was wrongfully passed on by the fifth patriarch to this young person who was illiterate, Winung, feeling that this was an error mistake, chasing him over hill and dale for days on end, finally catching up to him and not being able to even touch the robe and bowl, which was placed on a rock by Winung. And uh, he asked for teaching, and Winang said, At the very moment that you were chasing after me and the robe and bowl, not thinking of good or evil, just being intent, at that moment, what was your original face? And Monk Mio became enlightened at this. Now, enlightened means he saw this, Dharmakaya Buddha, emanating, shining from that activity which he was so intent, so absorbed in, so totally embracing. Remember, Wienung said, without thinking of good or evil, when you were so intent in even thoughts of good, evil, right, wrong, I want it, I don't want it, were gone, and it was just the effort itself. In moments like that, Sometimes we suddenly will note that our situation appears. So, if we practice this every day, driving a car, walking down the street, sitting in zazen, uh, making toast, whatever it might be, then maybe we can do this in the midst of a riot with tear gas going off, running down the street, or lying in a sickbed with an illness, or comforting a friend, whatever it might be. If we practice this, we begin to easily see, without withdrawing from our sensations, this Dharmakaya Buddha, this light shining from each and everything, where the world declares, here I am, I am, I appear. So I certainly hope that none of us will have to deal with the terrible things going on right now, including riots and shootings and arson. But if we get caught in something like this, there we are. What can you do? You need to have this ability to step back and see clearly. That will help you. It won't make the situation go away, but it'll prevent you from falling into emotions that will harm your rational mind, your ability to make clear choices. So we will end there today. Until next time, stay safe. There's something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Thank you.
battle lines being drawn. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speak in their minds.